Mr. Gary Stairs. He is the Executive Director of Word of Life Canada, and uh, maybe he'll explain a little more about that during his messages. But Word of Life has about 75, I think, full-time missionaries uh, in Canada. Uh, They have two Bible institutes, and they have three youth camps, and also do a number of events across Canada, the Super Bowl being one of them, uh, that uh, all teens, at least here in the Maritime, all kinds of teens come, and we uh, attend that. And Gary is no stranger to our school here at MBBI. He often comes in the fall with some uh, students from Word of Life, and MBBI and Word of Life go way back, and we have a good working relationship, and we have a lot of students that go uh, from there to here and vice versa, uh, and people coming out of MBBI joining Word of Life in their missions teams. And so uh, we're excited to have you here, brother. You're going to come and uh, now and minister to us. Let's welcome you. Thanks, Gary. Thanks. Thank you, Jack. Yes. Thank you, and uh, it is a privilege to be with you, although I must admit something right from the very beginning. Five million miles, big trucks, the only truck I've ever driven was a pickup truck. So I don't have any real exciting trucking stories, but I sure am enjoying being here and listening to the testimonies of those that do. What a joy just to be able to come aside as a group of men, get together, have some man talk, drink real coffee, not the decaffeinated stuff that my wife tries to serve me once in a while. (laughs) Put all the sugar in it I want because she's not here and having someone concerned about me having too much sugar. It is a privilege to be with you. And uh, I just want to share a very small part of a testimony tonight. Because I can't come to this part of the world without being reminded of what God has done in my life and the privilege that it is to serve Him. Because it all started here. It all started right here. I've lived a lot of life since then because it started as a child. Right over here, my dad was the founding pastor of the People's Church up here in Somerville. He's with the Lord now. But uh, those of you that are familiar with this area know that at one time, before this building was built, there was an old farmhouse right here on the corner of the, what we called the Dump Road then, and the Trans-Canada. <laughs> this was the Trans-Canada, this little bitty road out here. You people that have lived in the area, you know that. And there was an old house that lived there while my father was beginning to serve in the early weeks and months of the People's Church. We lived in that old house till a parsonage was built alongside the church there in Somerville. And it was in that house that is no longer there that uh, one night my godly mother, sensing that her son was just uneasy at bedtime, and I know she's praying for me right now, she's a long-haul lady, walked with the Lord all of her life from the time she was saved. 
Well, my mom that night, sensing an unsettled spirit in me as I was getting ready to pray that childhood prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray the Lord my soul to keep. Mom asked me what was bothering me, and Dad, we'd been in a meeting that night at the church there in the little tiny building that was the beginning of the People's Church, and and I came home from that, even as a four-and-a-half or five-year-old child, under conviction. And that night, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And so when I come here and drive down that road, I always look, and in my mind's eye, I see that house. And as I sit here and... and enjoy the ministry of NBBI and thank God for the ministry of NBBI and all the things that God started in my life right here in this corner of Canada, in this part of New Brunswick, I get a little emotional. And I can tell you from that time what we're going to be looking at, long-haul men, is long-haul living. And uh, tomorrow we're going to look at some GPS tracking out of Scripture, and we're going to look at some detours, and then finally we're going to look at some destinations, because living a life of purpose, a life of influence, a life that makes a difference, is a long haul. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. And as we go through life and go through the various stages of life and go through the challenges of life, we find God to be faithful, don't we? We heard the testimony here of our brother tonight about how God has led him. See, God is faithful in every stage of life, in every situation of life. And as we think about long-haul living, I wasn't sure how to start this series. And the Lord directed me to think about a character in Scripture that we all recognize was in it for the long haul. He traveled many roads, not five million miles, I'm sure. But he traveled many roads. He was in difficulty. He experienced many highs, many lows. He was in jail, out of jail. He was before magistrates. And when God got a hold of his life, his life was dramatically changed, and God put him on a path, an incredible path, an exhilarating path. And he lived a life of consequence. He lived a life that made a difference. Now listen, men, no matter what age you are here tonight, no matter what your experience has been, No matter where you are in the journey of life, there is something that you and I have in common, even though we've never talked about it. Every man that is a real man wants to live a life that counts. We want our life to make a difference. We want our life to make a difference in our families. We want our life to make a difference in the lives of those around us. We aren't interested in living a life that can all be summed up by a a simple dash on a tombstone somewhere that has a date on either side. We want it to count. 
And that requires looking at life to live in the long haul. And so my mind went to the character of Paul. What a man. A man that made a dramatic difference not only in his time, but but his life as an example and his words impact our lives today. And I thought, what better way to begin our study of long-haul living than to look at the character and the testimony of the Apostle Paul. So with that in mind, if you will take and turn to Acts chapter 26, we're going to examine his testimony tonight. And when this testimony that's recorded in Acts 26 is given, his life wasn't over. He wasn't looking back over all of his life, but he was looking back over a segment of life And he had a pretty good idea as to what was going on. He understood some of the realities that uh, were being brought upon him. And I want us to start our thinking about long-haul living by looking at one who lived a long-haul experience. And I think if you and I will get honest before God tonight in light of His Word, we can find some encouragement. And, and as this, these sessions go on, I trust that I will find some course correction, some, some additional truth from the Word of God that's going to help me be better at living for God tomorrow than I am today. The Apostle Paul's testimony about life. Someone has said, as a Christian, you really don't truly know another Christian brother until you know his testimony. I've never met Gary here before, but you know, after he shared tonight, I, I, I felt a bond, not that I've ever driven a truck other than a pickup, but I felt, I felt a bond of getting to know him because of what he shared about what God has done in his life. And so let's relate in that same way to the Apostle Paul as He shares his testimony before King Agrippa. He is on trial as Acts 26 begins. He's been asked to be a witness for his own case. He's been asked to defend himself, to explain the accusations that have been brought before him. And this man, who is living life for the long haul, never wanted to miss an opportunity. And one of the best opportunities that there is for you and me to make a difference is to just share, like we've heard tonight, just share what God means to us, what He's done in our lives. And so he stands in that courtroom before King Agrippa. King Agrippa, in verse 1, says unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. Go down to verse 4. We'll move along through some of this rather quickly. Pick up his words in verse 4. My manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, and if they would testify, King Agrippa, 
If those people that knew me from the beginning, if they were here, if they would testify, they would say that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Go down to verse 9. It's an uninterrupted testimony before King Agrippa. He says, I verily thought within myself that I ought to do many things. And I'm going to stop right there. We'll pick up the rest of that thought in just a moment. I want you to understand what's going on here. The Apostle Paul, standing before this king, is given permission to speak. And he shares, King Agrippa, there was a time in my life when I was serious about life. I was serious about making a difference with my life. I was sincere. I was religious. I knew some things about God. And people around me that knew of me knew I was sincere about life, that I was serious, that I wanted my life to count, that I wanted it to make a difference. They knew that I was religious. I didn't keep my religion hidden. They knew that I was strict in the observance of religion. People that looked at me from a religious perspective admired me. And as he comes down to this last part of this verse that we were looking at, he says, And I thought within myself that I should do many things. King Agrippa... I sat down and I just didn't let life come at me. I laid out a plan. And my plan was not only how I could make a difference with my life, but my plan was trying to reach God. Because I was wise enough, I was respected enough, I was educated enough, I was aware enough of the world around me that I realized there was a God. And that I had some kind of responsibility to him. You know, most people that live today have that same kind of awareness. And he said, so I thought within myself, now listen to what he says, that I should do many things. I was active in my pursuit of life. I was active in my pursuit of trying to keep it together, of trying to find purpose, of trying to make a difference. I thought within myself that I ought to do many things. But then look at the end of the verse. That I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus. Of Nazareth. You know what he's really saying, guys? He'll go on and fill this in. He's saying there was a time in my life when I was religious, when I was serious, where I wanted to make a difference, where people viewed me as a scholar, they considered me enlightened, and with all the thinking that I came up with, all of my own energy, all of my own thoughts, all of my own plans, all of my own goals. I found out they were contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. That all of my effort, 
All of my doing, all of my trying to build a life for the long haul, not only for here and now, but one that would impress God who made me. I found out that all that I was doing was contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. That word contrary, we find it in a, in a number of places in the New Testament, of course. One that comes to mind to my mind right now, is back in Matthew where the disciples were given the direction to get into the boat and row to the other side of the lake. The Lord Jesus said, guys, I want you to get in and I want you to go over there. And they were mariners and they were experienced men on that lake. And they got in and they got out in the middle of that lake. And the Word of God says that a storm came up and the winds blew contrary to the way we wanted to go. Here they were with all their skill, all of their energy, all of their strength, all of their knowledge of the currents on that lake and the winds that blew and had seen storms many times before. And they reached a point in the middle of that lake where everything that they did didn't get them anywhere. They were stopped dead in their tracks. And that's how Paul begins his testimony here. He's saying, listen, I was serious. I wanted my life to count. But everything that I was doing, I came to a place where I realized it wasn't getting me anywhere. That it wasn't impressing God. It wasn't filling my heart with fullness and joy that I was made for by my Creator. Everything was Contrary to the one who could make all the difference. The one that we've heard testimony here tonight from the quartet and and from Gary here. That God sent his son into this world to live a perfect, sinless life. To die on a cross and payment for my sins was buried and rose again. The third day, victor over death, over sin, over hell. That is the only way to live life the long haul. That's the only way to hold it together, guys. That's the only way that brings meaning and purpose and fulfillment and satisfaction. Is to not live life our way, contrary to Jesus of Nazareth, but to live life His way. The way, the truth, and the life. But he said, listen, there was a time when I was following my vision. There was a time in my life. And guys, if you're here this weekend, and you're trying to hold it all together, you're trying to get through to the end without Acknowledging Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're living the same life of frustration. There is no peace until you come to the place that you give up on the oars and say, I'm going to stop trying to push against the Savior. I'm going to accept Him. So there was a time, he says in his testimony, when I lived a life that was contrary to Jesus of Nazareth. And then he goes on, we'll go down here to some other parts of this. His testimony continues in verse 12, and he says, Whereupon, as I went to Damascus, 
living this life, I made a decision that I was going to go to a destination. I was going to go to Damascus. I chose the road that I was going to travel on. I chose the road that was going to get me from Jerusalem to Damascus, and I set Damascus as my destination. I got my energy, my strength, my resources together. I gathered men around me to go with me, and there was a time when I was walking to Damascus, a place of my choosing. Look what happens here. At midday, verse 13, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven. Verse 14. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying, there's some information there, but go down to verse 16. Part of what that voice said in verse 16 was, rise and stand on thy feet. I want to say a few things about this as you and I travel to destinations of our choosing, to goals that we have set with plans that we have laid down. Here is Saul at this time, who is going to become Paul. He's traveling down this road. God gets his attention. It's amazing here that this man that had such an incredible reputation, that was so enlightened educationally, that was so respected by all those around him, heading on a course in life that he was choosing with a purpose in mind and a destination in mind that God intervened. That God got his attention. And I want you to notice two things about this because it is so important for us to understand. Listen, gentlemen, men, God can get our attention by driving us into the dust of our own footprints. He's God. He made the world. I'm little, wimpy, insignificant, nothing. Human speck called Gary. And there is this all-powerful, all-holy God that we sung about tonight. And if God so chooses, He can put us face down in the dust of our ambitions, in the dust of our goals, just like he did this man. I am so thankful that more often God uses the still, small voice, the gentle voice, sometimes just comes through the stirring of the heart as we hear someone share a testimony or someone meets us in that truck or someone meets us at a coffee stop and just shares the gospel and our mind is engaged, the timing is right, our heart is stirred and our questions start to come. It's just a small, tender stirring of the heart. God here drove Saul to the ground, but he also got his personal attention. Isn't it interesting that it says, I heard the voice. He was surrounded with all kinds of other people, but in the midst of the crowd that he was traveling down this road with, God got his attention. God spoke to him personally, and the others didn't hear it. You see, friends, you could be here tonight in a similar situation. 
And maybe you're the kind of guy who says, well, if God is really there, I, I want him to really show me, write something in the sky, cause some miracle to happen. Overwhelm me with your power. But maybe this weekend what God is really going to do is just stir your heart personally in a gentle way, through a conversation over coffee or as you're sitting here looking at the words of Scripture. Maybe there's just a little sensitivity developing in your heart, a little curiosity, a little interest, and God is speaking gently to you. You need to listen. There's something else here about this. You see what happens... When God got Saul's attention, who became Paul, he drove him to the ground. And then don't you find it interesting that in verse 16 he says, but stand up. Ever wondered about that? He was already standing. He saw the light. It shone so brightly. But God took him, drove him into the dust, And then said, stand up. Do you know what I've thought about this? I thought that was God's way of getting this stubborn man's attention. This proud man's attention. This self-made man's attention. This man that thought he really didn't need anybody else to guide him. He was a leader. He was religious. He was respected. He was one that everybody thought had it all together and God drove him to the ground in the dust and then God spoke to him personally and said, now stand up. I think of my dad sometimes when I read this passage about being put in the floor and then told to stand up. My dad was a very gentle man. My dad knew his son real well. And dad, when he had something important to tell me, he'd say, now Gary, come on over here, son. Come on over here. Get up off the floor. Quit annoying your sisters and come on over here. I want to talk to you. He might have been in the very same room. I might have just been a few feet away. But that wasn't good enough. My dad had a big booming voice. So there was no doubt He had no doubt whether I would hear him or not from that distance. In fact, Dad could have been inside a solitary confinement room and I could have been on the other side of town and I could have heard Dad. (laughs) But there was something about Dad's approach. It was this, Gary, I want you to stand up. I want you to come over here, son. Come on over. Come on over. Now stand right in front of me. So I would do that. And he would say, now, now, son, I got something important. Son, look at me. Look, no, don't look at your sister, who you just annoyed to death. Look, look, look at dad. Look right at me. Son, you stand there, and I, I want you to look at me, because I don't want you to miss what I'm about to tell you. And I think that's what God did to Saul. He drove him down. And he said, stand up. I want your attention. Are you listening? Listen to me. I've got something to tell you that's going to change your life. 
that you're going to need to live a life of purpose. Look what he said. We'll wrap this up. Look what God said to him. Saul is saying in his testimony, Paul is saying his testimony, there was a time, O King Agrippa, when I lived the earthly. I lived it my way. I was going down the road, but it was my road. And then God got my attention. And God confronted me with another way of looking at life. His way. And he drove me down and things weren't working out and we were in a mess and I was in a mess. And God got my attention and he spoke to me personally and here's what he said, King Agrippa. He said, but rise and stand on your feet for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Do you know, guys, long haul living has a purpose. It's purposeful living. I can't imagine if you really studied Saul's previous life to this moment. This must have been the craziest thing he'd ever heard. He was one that would persecute Christians, as most of you in this audience knows. He was one that was going to Damascus to do that very thing, to build his own personal reputation by throwing Christians, this new religious sect in jail, and stamping out this message of Jesus of Nazareth. And here's what the Lord said to him after he got his attention. Stand before me, for I've appeared unto this purpose, and here it is, to make thee a minister and a witness. Can you imagine how crazy that was? I mean, you think you've had strange things happen in your life and weird conversations and weird confrontations and all the rest. Can you imagine how weird that was for this guy? You're going to what? I got a purpose for your life. And it is to take you the way you are now. And to make you into something you could never imagine becoming. I'm going to take you a Christ-hating, independent, living, make it up as you go, don't need anybody else to get through life. I'm going to take you that way, and I'm going to make you into a person that is a witness of Jesus Christ and the power of God through His Son and through His Holy Spirit. Do you know what, guys? That's God's purpose for long-haul living. That's what God wants of each and every one of us, whether we drive a truck or not, whether we're a pastor or, or we work at some job, we're a doctor or an engineer or a retailer or whatever it is. He wants to make us into something we could never imagine becoming. But no matter what that is, to the glory of God, it's always going to be involved being a witness for Him. Long-haul living has a purpose. And then he goes on and he says, he doesn't stop there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a purpose and then I'm going to give you a plan. Look what it says. I'm going to make thee a minister and a witness... Both of the things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee. Hey Saul, I got a purpose for your life. 
It's a long-haul purpose. Hey, Saul, I've got a purpose for your life. Saul, I've got a plan for your life, and it's a long-haul plan. And I'm going to reveal it one step at a time. I want to take you the way you are now, make you into something that you could never imagine becoming, and then I'm going to give to you and put before you things in the which I will yet show unto you. Do you ever get frustrated wondering what God's real plan is? I mean, we're, we're just guys here. Where there are no ladies around to impress, so we can just be, you know, just be ourselves, just be honest. Oh, Lord, I'd do your will if I knew what you wanted me to do. I was sharing with the students this morning here in chapel. You know what we're really saying when we Say that and hold on to all that we are. <laughs> really saying, Lord, if you'd show me how it's all going to turn out, the plan, how it's all going to turn out, if it's going to be good, if I'm going to like it, if it's going to work out, if I'm, if I'm going to marry the beautiful woman, if I'm going to have the beautiful family, if I'm going to have enough money to live on, if I'm going to be able to live a healthy life, if you would just lay it all out for me and get my approval so that I could see it and approve it, I'll do that plan. But you know what, guys? God doesn't work that way. God says, I'm going to reveal the plan one step at a time. I'm going to show you it, but I'm not going to show you all. I'm going to show you it at the time for the next page to be turned, and you're going to have to trust me. And you need to take that step, and then... After you've taken that step, I'll reveal the next step, and then I'll reveal the next step, and then I'll reveal the next step. And after a while, as you live the long haul, you, get, you go down a few more steps, and God keeps revealing one step at a time, and you have to make a decision every time. Am I going to take the next step that God wants me to take? I'm going to move over here because God wants me to move here. God wants me to move back here. And you keep going one step at a time, and finally you get to the place, some stage in life, and you look back over it all, and you say, wow, what a life. Look how God put it together. I didn't understand it here, and I didn't understand it here, and I didn't understand it when I went over here and back here and back here. But as he I revealed one step at a time, and I gave God permission to take me to the next step, you get, you look back, and wow, God is awesome. What a life, this long-haul living. But don't expect the whole book to be revealed of your life. Except one step at a time. That's the way he always works. So he says, in this life, Paul's testimony that lived the long haul made an incredible difference. God revealed to him there's a purpose. There's a plan. Then go down to verse 17. He continues on. Because he's got Saul's attention here. As Saul puts in his testimony before King Agrippa... You read that verse and it says, I will deliver thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. Do you know what that is? That's a promise. So there's a purpose. There's a plan. 
And there's a promise. Hey, Saul, listen. I know you're going to be concerned about the next step at times in your life as you live this life the long haul. But I want to tell you, Saul, if you just trust me, I'm going to give you a promise. I will deliver you from whatever you face. And when the call comes from the medical lab and the tests are not good, I'll deliver you. And when the kids that you love and are trying to nurture and put guidance into their life and make a difference in their life for God, when they go off the track and bring pain and bring confusion and turn their back on everything that mom and dad have stood for, I will be there with you. Because our God is a long-haul living God. Purpose, plan, promise. And then look at verse 19. Here's the key. Oh, there was a time, King Agrippa, when I lived the earthly vision. There's a time, King Agrippa, when I was confronted with the heavenly way of living. And then in verse 19, he says, and I obeyed immediately. I was not disobedient to God's purpose, to God's plan, to God's promise. Can we finish just by looking at verse 22? Having therefore obtained the help of God, I continue unto this day. What a faithful God. What an amazing life of purpose, of plan, of promise that he has for each and every one of us men here, no matter what age we are at. We have to be obedient. And God will be with us. With his help, guys. And only with his help. We can enjoy living his way the long haul. And as we finish this session tonight, from all the various places that we have gathered from all the various families, the pressures back home, the pressures on our hearts that only we know about. Maybe it's this time together that God's going to teach us a few things about long-haul living. But you know what I really believe? We've got to tell God that we want to listen. We've got to say, Lord, I, I give you permission to speak to my heart this weekend. 
Lord, I, I give you permission to adjust my GPS tracking of life if you so choose. And Lord, if you do that, if you get my attention this weekend through some still small voice, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I'm, I'm going to respond to what you revealed to me. Through conversations, through other people, through reading the word, through listening to the music and the testimonies, to open the word together as a group of men. Lord, I give you permission, but I also give you my word. I will obey if you speak to my heart. And I wonder... Maybe tonight you're, you're, you're ready to go to that place along the road and say to the Lord, I gave you permission, and if you do, I will respond. Let's close in prayer. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe God has gently created that sensitivity in your heart tonight. And if you tonight sitting here just a little bit removed from your world back home are willing to say, Lord, I, I give you permission to speak to my heart, to change my mind on some things, to respond to some things, so that I can thank the Lord for the preparation that is being made in our hearts for this weekend. Would you just slip your hand up and take it down? That's where you're at. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Let's pray. Lord, we need your guidance and your presence. We know, dear God, that we, those of us that know you as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within us. We've got the Word of God. Sometimes, Lord, our heart and our ears just get a little bit calloused. We may know truth, Lord. Sometimes we don't choose to live it and apply it to our lives. And, Lord, we want to be people known for living for Christ in long-haul living. And I thank you, Lord, for the response that has been made here tonight. You know our hearts. And I would just pray, O oh God, that as this, these hours go by, that you would do a work in my life. You do the work in other people's lives here. So it won't just be another time of getting together and enjoying the fellowship, as wonderful as that is. But Lord, it will be a time when there will be some growth take place in each of our lives. We ask this in your precious name, for Christ's sake, amen.